So, you know, there's a saying that says, uh, hindsight is 2020, right? You know, so we can look, and we can be very uh, uh, prophetic on hindsight, right? <laughs> we can say, oh, this is what the Lord did. <laughs> Lots of times we go through things in life, and uh, it's hard to understand things in the midst of walking through things, good or bad. It, it, and many times it's in hindsight we look back and begin to get perspective, mm. proper perspective. That's right. And I think that's so the way it has to be. You know, because God uh, is humanity. It's, you know, and God, the, the best the best of us, the most wise of us, the most prophetic of us are still human and still have a, a, a you know, what the scripture says, know in part, prophesy in part. And so there's a whole part of our life that will always be mysterious to us, but many times as we, as we move forward in life, you begin to understand things. You begin to understand what was happening with you in those, in your, you know, what you went through and what happened to you. And it's just a really awesome. And so, you know, a lot of times, this time of year is a good time to reflect uh, on your past year or past few months or whatever, you know. But it is a time to reflect, I think, uh, with the Holy Spirit. I don't really encourage reflection without the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but if I start reflecting about the Holy Spirit, my mind tends to go off off the place it should be going. It gets it goes wanders down these crazy paths. But, so I'm going to share these little things here with you this morning, uh, and I uh, hope you can really get. Some, but I think it's, it's it's for you. This is not for me. But it's some of my own personal things that the Lord's shown me about me. Okay, this year because. Um, for me, this year, 2018, has been one of the best years internally for me that I've had in, in many years, many, many years. And it's not, been, it's not been about, it's been about me as far as what God's been doing inside of me. And it's, it's been really just amazing what he's done for me this year. But we sang it. We sang some of what God has done in my okay, life this year. And I just want to honor the Lord. And I want to say thank you, King Jesus, for what you've done for me. Because you've done so much for me. Uh, and I'm not talking about, uh, I just want to make this point. Because I've been very careful to protect this. Uh, protect it for me. Is to let the Lord work in me and not let it be out here. Uh, because that wasn't what this is about. Now, What's in, in you is going to affect this out here, right? Is it not? It's getting in there. So, um, so I'm going to tell you, uh, Melissa mentioned that, that it goes along with that uh, word about restoring the years. Um, several years ago, many people, and me included, have, have, were very crushed in our life, very crushed through. Things that have happened. Everybody experienced that. You, you can't. That's life, right? It's life. Life is going to crush you at times. Things are going to happen. It's going to just break your heart to no end. It's unavoidable. And, and when we think we can avoid it, we're, we're delusional. Because Jesus promised us that. You know, he said, Take, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble. Difficulties. Despairing moments. 
but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's what he said. And that's kind of an important thing if you can get it. But, so we went through a lot of hard times. This was, this was several years ago. And then, you know, those hard times kind of came to an end, right? I mean, what, you can't live in those hard times or you're just going to die. You know, sooner or later you'll just die if you got to get out of it. And, and so God gets you out of things. He takes you through things. Uh, and then you need to be healed, right? You need to go through a time of healing. Uh, so it's sort of like if you were in a bad accident in the hospital or in a, in a car accident or something and you went to the hospital and they treat you. But then you can't go home right away. Then they send you to a rehab place. And you know, lots of times people who have severe accidents have to learn how to walk again. You know what I mean? It's crazy what happens to people. It's just terrible. Uh, I had a friend of mine recently had his knee replaced, and he said the first thing they did with him is, you're going to have to learn how to walk with this new knee. And so they, they get him up and start walking around telling him how to walk with him. And it just, you know, and so that's what happens sometimes. And I, I was so disappointed in myself, okay, honestly, that, that I couldn't, I felt like I could never get over those things. I feel, that's how I felt. Like, what? I can't, I can't make myself get over this. And so there was a part of my part of my life, a part of my heart that, I, that felt dead to me, honestly. You, do you know what I'm talking about when you have a part of your heart that there's a deadness in it? You know there's a deadness there. You know, but there's nothing you can do about it. You do the best you can. And I'm pretty good, honestly. I'm pretty good at healing myself, so to speak. I'm pretty good at being able to counsel myself and tell myself this is what's really going on and this is what needs to be addressed in your life. You know, I really have done that enough. I've had so much wrong with me in my life. I've had so many things I've had to overcome. God has really taught me how to, how to deal with me and how to face me and how to walk through things and how to get through them. But I could not get through this. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I did the best I could do. And there was a part of me that, and, and, and this is sort of all running in the background of my heart, where I began to just accept my life and the way I felt, that this is just the way it's going to be. Okay? I just began like, well, this is just the way it's going to be. You, you just need to deal with it. You just need to go live your life the best you can. You know, that's a human thing, but that's not a, that's not a Holy Spirit thing. Because I found out almost a year later that the Holy Spirit was not really interested in that kind of thinking on any day. <laughs> I found that out. That's not why he thinks. And I was doing a lot of repenting. But, but we get at those places. We get to those places. Are y'all following that? Um, so I wanted to read this verse to you um, and tell you some things here that I feel like, like my perspective on some of this that I think is going to help you. This is an invitation, okay, for you, possibly. Um, if it's not for you, then... Lord bless you. Uh, I'm going to really do something I haven't ripped done in a long time as far as Bible version. This is King James Version. Y'all know what that is? Anybody know? Some of you don't even know what's the heck is that? It's no, there's no, there's not a king. There's a new king. There's a rich, there's a Bible there called King James Version. And for years, it was the only Bible that we knew about. It's a very poetic, uh, hard Bible to read for me. Because I can't pronounce half the words in it. But I got this verse from the Lord here. And I couldn't find it in my normal translations. 
And I really feel like, oh, I know why I can't find it, because this is a KJV. And there's only two translations that I can find that actually uh, translate this verse correctly according to what the Hebrew says. And I'm not an Hebrew expert, but I do have these interlinears, which gives you a word-for-word, word, you know. And King James Version gets it right. And guess which other version gets it right? The Passion Translation. Isn't that cool? I mean, New King James, New Living, New NIV, all the rest of them, they don't do it. They, don't, they miss the point, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the language. But this is, this is what it says, Psalm 4.1. This is a psalm of King David. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Note it says, you, thou, for you have enlarged me when I was in distress. It did not say you have enlarged me when I was on my mountaintop. It didn't say you've enlarged me when things were going well in my life and I was on top of things. It didn't say you enlarged me when I was in the midst of a great revival. It says you have enlarged me in my distress. Now, I want to say this to you. There's times when we're enlarged in those beautiful times. There's times when God accelerates us and there's an enlargement happens. But by and large, there's this enlargement that God wants to bring to people when they're being distressed. That's what David was saying. And David, of all people, knew this. And that's the thing. That's my what I began to really see about my life when I felt crushed and when I felt I couldn't get over it. That God was, what we saying, God was at work doing something in my life that I didn't know he was doing. I hated what was happening in my life. I hated the way I felt, but God was not hating nothing. God was doing something behind the scenes. He was doing something in me. He was enlarging me. He was making something greater inside of me. I was totally unaware of that. Now, uh, that word uh, enlarge means exactly what you think it means. It means to broaden, make large, make room, make wide. Okay? That's, that's what it means. There's a saying... I'm just going to give you a few thoughts here, okay? I do have a, somewhere I want to help you with. There's a saying this, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You ever heard that? <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> I read this quote by this lady named Kristen Limbaugh. I don't know if she's even kin to Russ or not. Bloom. She's a bloom now. She says, we get behind this idea when we hear it in popular culture. Sing it, we sing it in songs. It's the subject of many books, movies. We love it. It's, it's a romantic idea. But when God's attached to it, we often get angry. We often get angry and start asking, how can a loving God let us suffer so much? Isn't that the way it is? We'll love a movie where somebody goes through hell and high water. It's a beautiful story. But you put God in that story, suddenly God's a bad guy. You know what I'm talking about? And we all feel that. We all wonder, what in the world, Lord? Have you ever said that to God or how to use That's my word. It's the same thing. I'm saying the same thing. Again, why would a loving God love to suffer so much minus? What in the world, Lord, when something bad happens? And I'm saying, why are you letting this happen? You know? But those are dangerous words. Honestly, they're dangerous words. 
And I've watched myself, and I've watched us, and I've watched others as we walk through terrible things. Somehow God became, starts becoming this bad figure, this bad guy, okay? Not realizing that we are not as wise as God and we're not as knowledgeable as God. And it's really not a time to be saying stuff like that. And I think one of the things the Holy Spirit's always trying to do is teach us a more healthy response to what's happening in our life. Y'all, don't y'all love that? He wants to give us a healthier response because our words have power. And he wants us to release some powerful words into the atmosphere. What David obviously was talking about here was God wasn't enlarging his outer life. He was God was enlarging him on the inside. Okay? Because your inside, who you are on the inside, is everything. It's more important than your outside life. Although we seem to value our outside life at times more than we value our inside life. But your inside life is really who you are. If you're a person who values authentic, being authentic, being having your true identity, all that stuff, okay, and you should value all that stuff. You should be valuing your inner person. And that's what God values because when you lay up in your coffin, okay, guess what's not going to be there? You're not going to be there. But your outward life, your physical life is going to be laying there and it's going to be done. And they're going to put it in the ground or they're going to burn it up and scatter you to the four winds. You know, but you are going to move on and you're going to live on forever and say, that's what God's interested in. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning? Your inner life is really important. So that's what David's talking about is God did some work in his inner life. And it's a fact of life. If you're going through a difficult time right now or any time, God is at work inside of you. Amen. You know? Um, so the question is, why do bad things happen? I just wanted to say this. Why do bad things That was a popular, that was a book years ago. I didn't read it. Yeah. I didn't because I thought I won't believe nothing in there. So I'm not wasting my time reading that book. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. If you're going through something hard today, it's a blessing in disguise. So most of the times in my life, and I think in all our lives, when, when something distressing comes along, we pray and ask the Lord to take care of it for us, right? Heck yeah, I'm saying I want this. And sometimes he does, right? Sometimes he, he removes that thing out of your life. But sometimes he doesn't. You know? That's when I switch into the praying in tongues gear. Because I'm realizing he, he's not moving this. And, you know, I'm tired of praying every angle on a prayer. So I got this tongue prayer. I just start praying. And honestly, I think I went for mm, 85 years where 80% of my prayer life was in tongues. Every day. Amen. All the time. Because I didn't know how else to pray. And I realized God wasn't going to answer anything I had to say to him. Because it's like it got worse and worse and worse. And it's like God saying, I'm not going to deliver you out of your situation. I'm going to deliver you in your situation. Anybody know what that means? I'm not getting you out, but I'm going to get you free in there. And when God decides to do that, our best choice is to submit. That's all I can say. There's this thing called the tyranny of unbroken success. Y'all know what that is? The tyranny of unbroken success. Let me read this. I've switched to another version called the Message Bible. Proverbs 18, 23. 
I don't know why I love this verse so much. The poor speak in soft supplications. The rich bark out answers. That's a monster. The rich bark out and that's somebody who's not broken. That's the person who's had so much success in their life that they have no empathy for nobody else. And their answers are harsh, wow. their answers are mean, their answers are what why can't they get it together? And so God allows God's people, God's best people in the Bible, none had unbroken success. They all had times when they, there was failure in their life. Some of them were failures. They totally failed. Are y'all following me? Don't, don't y'all love this kind of teaching? Yeah. Actually, it's not a teaching. I'll take that back. Don't y'all love this kind of message? Yeah. We're talking about failing. We're talking about not being successful as Christians. That just rubs against the whole grain of Christianity today. <laughs> that you've got to be successful all the time. You've got to be prosperous all the time. Everything has to be working good in your life. You have to get your social media thing where everything looks beautiful. Take the right picture, the right angle, the right food, the right people, all that. That's what Christianity is many times. See, we, we complain about that in, in the social media world. We've been doing it for years. We've been living that life for years, trying to act like we were something special and we were good and God's doing all this awesome stuff when the truth is we're not. And we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to always have that glitter. There's just going to be times in your life when things are going to fail all around you. And you're going to feel like you're going to And I'll tell you what, it's really, it's good for us. Amen. It's good for us. Because it creates a brokenness in a person. It creates limps in people. Okay? We're people that God can trust. We're people can God can invest in. Okay, and there's many biblical examples of that, obviously, where you see men and women in the Bible who are amazing people, but we see failure in life. We, we see them not succeeding. We see them going through bad times. David is our best example because we get so much out of his life, and he, he communicates so much out of his heart about stuff he was going through. And he, he even did some terrible stuff. You know, so we see these, these things happen, but we see, you know, the last thing the Bible's talking about David, he's the, Jesus is the root and offspring of David. He was a man after God's heart. These are New Testament testimonies of this man. You know, you, you, you ultimately, you're a failure when you just stop. You're a failure when you get in those bad times and you just give up and you just don't just keep going. Amen. That's, that's what being a failure is, is you just quit. You just shut down and you sit down. And you don't keep walking with God and just keep working, letting God work it out. Are y'all following that? So, I feel like, you know, for us, I'm throwing you in on this, okay? You want to get in on this? You'd be stupid not to. (laughs) You see, God doesn't leave us there. That's what I'm saying. You'd be stupid not to. You see, I think God's been, over the past few years, trying to enlarge us. I think that's what he's been doing. I think that's how I see, that's how I understand a lot of what has happened in life over the last few years. My perception, all the the heartbreak, all the the things that broke me so bad was God was saying, I'm I'm enlarging you. I'm allowing this distress to come into your life because I want to enlarge you. I got something for you. If I don't have the opportunity to enlarge you, 
you'll never be able to carry what I have for you in the future. You know, because I, I believe that God, I believe many of you, you know, you, you've got a calling, you've got a purpose. God has dreams for your life, but you've had, you've had the opposite. You've, and, and it's because God's trying to enlarge you. The very thing that you've wanted, the very thing that you've prayed for, the very thing you've reached for, it, it has brought this distress into your life. Amen. It's the cause of your distress. Because the distress is meant to enlarge who you are. To be able to carry what God wants to give you. Are you, anybody following this? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a powerful thing. Here, here's something I came up with. Uh, don't allow distress to be your undertaker. Don't let it take you under. Let it be your teacher. You hear what I'm saying? Don't let it take you under. Don't let it be your undertaker. I'll tell you, it will if you let it. What went wrong in your life will bury you. And some some people's hearts in this room are pretty buried. Parts of your heart, maybe not all your heart. That's the way I was. Just pieces of my heart. But God's looking for wholeness. He didn't want pieces of us, pieces of us in the grave. And so you wind up. This is what you do. You wind up living a. You've moved into the cemetery. You live in a grave tending life. That's, that's what you're doing. You're tending the grave. You're looking over your grave. Grave of your dreams. Grave of what didn't work out. Graves of your losses. Graves of what happened to you. Graves of your hurt. So there you have all that there. And that's all you do with your life. Is that your life sort of revolve, revolves around that. Am I, talk, am I talking to anybody in this room? Amen. See, this is what the Lord told me. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how much you failed. You may have failed at your marriage. That's what I mean. You may have failed at your marriage. You may have failed financially. You have, may have failed in your ministry. And this is what he said to me. None of that matters. And this is why it doesn't. Let me tell you why it doesn't matter. Listen to this. Jesus is king. Did you hear what I said to you this morning? It doesn't matter ultimately what happened to you or what didn't happen to you. Because Jesus is king. He's a good guy. He is. Listen, Jesus is king. He was king on the day you got crushed. He was king on the day that you had your greatest moment. And see, when we begin to know him as king, all of a sudden, our life is going to start looking different to us. Y'all are just looking at me very, very solemnly. I have some solemn looks in this one of the snow. <laughs> this is what the Lord is telling me, okay? He said, I told you this a couple weeks ago, he said, there's a shift happening. There's a shift happening. Part of that shift is what Melissa said, is restoration. That God's going to restore the years. He's going to restore what you've lost. He's going to restore the things that were taken from you. Not only is he going to restore, he is going to bring an abundance into your life. It's going to be an overflow. God will make up for every for all of that. 
That's part of the shift. God wants to make up for those years that you dealt that you you considered waste, but He's saying they were they were not waste because of what I was doing. Are y'all following this? Yes. Okay. I feel like the, this is what the Lord was telling me that His power is coming. That the power of God is going to come. The wisdom of God is going to come. The power of God and the wisdom of God is coming and the influence of God. You know what the influence is? Influence is leadership. The leadership of God is coming. The leadership of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is coming. And if you're not allowing God to work in you, you will not be able to bear that. You're not going to be able to bear the power of God. You're not going to be able to bear the wisdom of God, nor will you be able to bear His influence. Are y'all following this? See, that's what it's all about. That's what God's been doing all these years in people. All your stuff you've gone through, God has a vision in mind. See, God's not stuck at one point. He has a vision in mind. And I don't care how bad it was, I don't care how bad you did it. Because you could have went further than what God wanted that thing to be for you. You could have made a huge mess, but he's saying, it doesn't matter, Jesus is king. Yeah. If he's your king today, if you, if you work it out with him, it won't hurt you. It'll make you great. Because God's a redeemer. Woo, Lord help. Remember I told you last week sometime about the campfire? Remember that? Y'all you know, I was talking about this fire of God, the presence of the Lord. You know how little boys like to play in the fire? You know, how fire draws us? You know, fire draws you, fascinated with fire. But it also burn you. Right? It also is fire scary. Out of control fire is crazy. You know? But the Holy Spirit's a fire. And see, this is what he was telling me. It's all right for little boys to play in fire. That's what y'all been doing for a long time. But he's looking for some fire brands. That's a biblical term. Fire brands. You know what a branding iron is? It's like this thing gets really hot. That's what he wants to use people. He wants Amen. people to be fire brands. Where they can mark the world that they're living in. Amen. That's, what, that's, the, that's the truth. Anybody want to be a firebrand? Yes. Sounds pretty fun, doesn't it? There's this uh, term called tipping point. Y'all know what that is? Let me uh, tell you that some people in this room are coming to a tipping point. Okay? A tipping point, this is, this is a technical definition. A tipping point is that instant or action that changes the course of things. That instant or action that changes the course of things. Uh, it comes from, from, actually comes from medicine. That's where that term comes from. It's the name given to that moment in an epidemic when a virus reaches critical mass. Mm. It means everybody's going to get the virus. It's reached critical mass. Everybody's going to get sick. It's like when water starts boiling. That's the tipping point. Uh, I was with a friend of mine recently and was hanging out with him. And I started getting concerned because I realized he's coming to a tipping point in his life. And I was thinking, hmm, 
I need to go talk to his, his wife because he's going to have a tipping point. And when he has that tipping point, everything's going to change for him. And she needs to know. And she needs to be on board because it's tipping point from the Lord. And I just feel like God's saying there's people, there's a tipping point, that you're coming up on a tipping point. And that's the point where everything's going to change for you. And what I need, and this is what I really need, I think this church is fixing to go through a tipping point. What I need from you is I need some people who have reached a tipping point themselves <coughs> to be able to help this church get through the tipping point. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody understand what I'm saying to you this morning? Because when a church goes to a tipping point, stuff happens and it can be upsetting to people. And people need to be led through things like that. They just don't need it thrown at them. And so God wants to invite you into a tipping point where everything changes in your life from that moment on. That's what he wants to do. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. I'm, oh, here's a great thing for tipping. Y'all, y'all, people who don't know about King James probably know tipping points like this. It's when social media is when something goes viral. <laughs> I remember first year, like, what the heck are they talking about? Go viral. It's like, you know, something, somebody puts out there and it goes thousands and thousands of people see it. Well, that's a tipping point. And God's going to bring some tipping points, I'm telling you. So, Woo, I don't think y'all getting this. Y'all are just looking at me too studious. I'm trying to help you. I'm telling you what I'm, what I'm saying to you, I believe I'm 100% right on I could be 4% off, okay? But I, I, what, I, what I'm telling you, I'm right about. Okay, I'm right here. I'm not right about everything, but I'm right about this. Okay, I'm right about this. And so when this tipping point comes... And God begins to change things. Some people get, people get offended when God changes things. Because God does crazy stuff. Okay? He just does it. He does it crazy. And people act crazy. So you have God doing it kind of crazy. And then people start acting crazy because God's doing it crazy. And it creates a lot of problems in the church. They're good problems. Okay? Because, because churches have problems, Right? Because there's people here. You're here. You brought problems into this place. I walked in and brought more than anybody. See, we all got problems. But see, God brings problems. And I found out this one time. There's two kinds of problems. There's my problem and there's God's problems. One of them is very fruitful and very blessed and very offensive at the same time. And one of them is just dang messy. Period. There's no fruit. There's no fruit in mind in your problems. There's no lasting life in our problems. And so we have to exchange our problems for his problematic ways to us. Because he is problematic the way he acts sometimes. And so what I'm saying I need from people, this church needs from people, people who are willing to volunteer to God and say, I want to get into this tipping point thing. That's what really happened to me this year. God began to tip me. I'm scared for my friend. I'm scared for him. Because I know a lot of his situation. 
I'm thinking, Lord, this is going to be a big mess when you do this. This guy will be totally unstoppable. I got to talk to his wife and tell her, this is God beforehand, so she'll know. You need to know, this is the Lord. Let just be good at facilitating and taking care of what God's doing. And that's what you need to do in your life is to know that God's going to bring a tipping point around you. Don't react to it. Just know it's Him. Take care of it. Take care of what God's doing. Make what God's doing more important to you than anything else. Now let me tell you these two other things. Are y'all alright for me to finish this? I hope you got something out of this. So I've had a lot of amazing uh, encounters with the Lord this year. Private encounters about me. It's just been it's just been amazing what the Lord's done for me. I can't. I just can't tell you. I just can't tell you enough. You know. What you know, the Lord has done for me, what I can't do for myself. And really what I'm telling you is you can't do this. You know, I'm telling you you need to have a tip in for it. I can't tell you how to have one. Right? I can't, I'm just inviting you into it because I think that's what God wants to do. And it's been so many good things happening to me. And there's stuff that God's spoken to me about this year that's powerful. I mean, really powerful. But I don't, I haven't seen it yet. But I know it's coming. And I know it's, it's, it's what I've been building this earth for. I know, I feel it. And God, in the way God spoke to me this year was nothing like he's spoken to me in the past. He's spoken to me in different ways than he's ever spoken to me. And he made sure I knew for certain it was him. He, it's like he went to extra trouble in my life that really convinced me that he was talking to me. Yeah, it's, it was, it's been amazing. I mean, I went to people and talked to them that had, like, oh, I've heard him talk about this is the way the Lord speaks to him, but he never, God had never spoke to me like that. Like, tell me about that. I need to know about it because this is what God is doing right now. And I feel like he's trying to tell me something. But here's a couple things that I think are really important right now for you. Okay? I'm going to read this little story here. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It's in the message Bible too. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. That's cool, isn't it? This is Jesus talking, okay? This is the message Bible. In other words, God, just, that's just not what this is about, y'all. This is not about some improvement project, okay? They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Isn't that powerful? But if you just use my words in Bible studies, <laughs> that's what it said. You got to give this guy credit, boy. He got a good handle on Christianity. Well, if you just go to your Bible studies and learn, the, and learn stuff about the Bible... And don't work them into your life. You are like a stupid. He, didn't even, he was just dying blocks. You're stupid. You're like a stupid carpenter. 
Christians do it all the time. When a storm rolled in, and the storms are going to roll in, and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Do you want your life to be a house of cards? Well, this is what the Lord started talking to me about. Isn't it funny how God would talk to you about some stuff? That's what he said to me one day, just going about my lovely life. He said to me, the word of the Lord is everything. Of course it is. Of course it is. No, the word of the Lord is everything. It's everything. You can't build your life on anything else. You can't build, listen, you can't build your life on revival. I'm going to tell you that right now. You cannot do that. If you do that, you're going to come down. You can't build your life. Listen, now, I love revival. I'm, I'm a revival guy. I'm not denying revival ever. I don't care what anybody says. Revival is on my agenda. Because people get saved in revivals, people get healed, people get delivered. I want to see that happen. I tell you nothing that I love to death is supernatural encounters. You know, I'm into that. Big time. That, well, I won't tell you, you can't see the supernatural encounter. But here's what you can't build your life with supernatural encounters. You see, you can build with those things. There's a difference between building on and building with. Okay? You have to build life on the word of the Lord. Y'all, I know that sounds real like duh, but a lot of people are not doing it. And I want to encourage you to start building your life on the word of the Lord. Let the word of the Lord be the main thing in you. That's why I told you about that little prayer I have. Word of the Lord come to me. I have it because it's what I want to build my life on. I want what I do and what I say to be built on that. And that's what I want for my children. I pray over my children all the time. Lord, send your word. Heal them, Lord. Let the word of the Lord come into my son's house today. That's, that's really what he was telling me. That's what's important right now. For, for you, because if you don't build your life on that, when the when the move of the Lord comes, when the power of God comes, you're going to be in trouble. Because what if some of this stuff here he's talking about, the rain, what if it's not a negative thing? Have you ever thought about it like that? What if it's a rain of the Holy Spirit going to be poured out in the earth? What if this river flooding is the Holy Spirit river? Blasting through our nation. What if this tornado is the powerful wind of the Spirit, like a mighty wind coming? What if, what if there? What if it just who happens? He wasn't talking about bad stuff, but he was talking about powerfully good stuff. But it has the potential to wipe you out if you haven't allowed yourself to be enlarged. You haven't allowed the distresses and the things in your life to build you up on the inside. Ooh, mercy, what if it? Forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Lord, help us to live in that settled word. Help us to live in your forever. And no matter what's happening, no matter whether we feel it or we don't feel it, we're settled in the word of the Lord. And that's what we need to become. We need to become those kind of people that we build our life on the word of the Lord. Where we exalt the word of the Lord. If you don't have a life in the word of the Lord, you need to get a life in the word of the Lord. Or you won't have a life very long. You will be blown around by every wind and doctrine. All this cultural, popular theology 
psychology that's just blown, has blown through the church in the last few years, a lot of it's just not real and right. But if you, and you, you had to discern all that, but you've got to be staying grounded in this. This is what's going to help you. Amen. Are y'all hearing this? Here's the other thing the Lord spoke to me about. The Lord is just amazing at me. Faith. Faith. Everybody say faith. You know, there's those three things, faith, hope, and love. And I think it's been great in the last few years that we've really focused on the love of God because faith works through love, right? We need that love of God for our faith to work. But uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? And so you're, you and I are going to have to stop letting our feelings rule us. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Does anybody hear this? You, you're going to have to stop going on what you feel because most of the times you're not going to feel good about things, or you don't feel good, or I don't feel it, and all that. We're going to have to. We got to be people of faith, you know. And and the beautiful thing about faith is a gift from the Lord. We have it. We just need to start living in it. Faith sees the invisible. Faith sees things that we can't see. Faith enables us to do what we can't do. Faith is what God's pleased with in your life. God is not pleased with with some of the stuff. But he's pleased, always pleased with the person who has faith. And you have faith. We need to let our faith out of the back. And we need to start becoming people of faith and start, start connecting into the realm of faith. And start letting our faith do what it's meant to do. That's what he was telling. So when you, have, when you pray for somebody, you don't pray. You're praying for them not based on who you are, not based on your gift, not based on your anointing. Okay, because if you do that, you're going to be you're going to be afraid, and you're going to have doubt that's going to just eat you up. But if you pray based on what the Word of the Lord says, you're basing your faith in that. Then you have something to tap into. That's why God meant for this stuff to work. I know this is real simple stuff, y'all. But this is what the Holy Spirit's been telling me. That this is what you need to be doing. This is where you need to be going with your life. And when you begin to do that, I think that's, you know, years ago, y'all can stop. Years ago, this is it. Years ago, this is a long time ago. I don't know, you know, how things work today. But there was a big study done in the, in the body of Christ. All these different streams and denominations in the body of Christ about healing. Okay? And you know they found who had the most success in healing was just one particular stream. And it was the Word of Faith movement. They had the most, and why did they have the most? Because they were based in healing on the Word of God. You might not like anything else or all that, but I'm going to tell you something. That says something to me. We were in Africa years ago, and there was, <laughs> you all remember this, Paula Warwick, she had Paula Warwick, this guy rebuked Paula Warwick. you got to be pretty stout to be able to rebuke Paula, I'm telling you that. I would rebuke But this guy rebuked the fire of Paula. <laughs> I'm serious. He was this guy from Nigeria, and he was a very uh, arrogant son of a gun, irritating with the word. I don't remember, right? Charles Indifal. 
Well, Charles Daniel Hall was a word of faith guy. Thank you, that's what he was. He prayed for people. Uh, and his whole point was, is I don't have a gift of healing. Okay, that was his whole point. I'm, you know, I don't have no anointing for healing, but this is what the scripture says, therefore I pray it. And he saw lots of resources. We saw him heal people. We saw him heal a guy who's deaf, a child. And Paul was talking to him. And Paul said, well, it's been my experience. He said, stop. Your experience does not mean anything. That's what he said to Paul. I was glad I was three people behind him. Because it hit me like, no, your experience doesn't mean anything. We're talking about the Lord, boy. She's amazing. She's a missionary. Your experience don't mean anything. This is what the Word of God says. He said, that settles it for me. He turned the marks off. Yeah. See, he really believed that. We haven't believed it. You know, we haven't believed it. That's our problem. So God wants us to start believing it. So all he wants us to start doing. And he wants us to start stepping out there with it. He wants you to build your life on the word, believe that word, and step out there with that word. And when you go to minister to people, or when you go to do things, you're doing it based on what the word of God says. Not everything else. And, you, and I'm going to tell you, you might not feel nothing. You might feel terrible. You might feel awesome. But that's, that doesn't matter. So let's just stop. It's time to stop. I'm tired. Come on, you stand up. I want to. I want, I'm, okay, here's what I'm telling you. I'm looking for people who want to get in on this tipping point. Okay? Who would like to have a tipping point in their life. I need some people who have a tipping point. I'm looking around like, who's having a tipping point that I can, that I can, that I can hang out with, that I can be with, that can be with me to help us go where we need to go? I'm looking for those people. Lord, bring it. I don't really think I've really come into that tipping point fully, but I'm, this, that's what this whole year has been about me. It's been bringing me to this place where I'm going to have this tipping point. And everything's going to change. Everything's going to shift. I believe the Lord wants it for this church. And I need enough people in this church who've experienced to be like, oh, it's going to be all right. We'll get here. We will walk through this and we will see what God will do. I'm looking for those people. You want to be one of those people? Somebody raise your hand if you want to be one. Honestly, you're telling the truth. Not lying. You're not lying to me, are you? Just say, yes, Lord. I'm standing before you today, Lord. And I want, a, I want a tipping point to come into my life. I need some change, Lord. I need to be an agent of change, Lord. But I've got to have something, Lord. I've got to have something from the Holy Ghost. Say, Holy Ghost, come to me. Do something in me. Let your fire come. Let it burn in me. I want it, Lord. I want, I want it. Word of the Lord, Word of the Lord. Come, to me. come to me. Come to my family. Come to my family. Come into my house. Come into my business. Come into my church. Come, Word of the Lord. Shift things. Change things. Tell the Lord you're tired of being a grave tender. I'm ready to walk away from the cemetery. 
I'm getting out of the cemetery business. You said let the dead bury the dead. I'm moving on from the dead. I'm moving on from my own deadness. I'm going to move into some life now. I'm moving into some resurrection life. I'm moving into some Holy Ghost life. I don't care what it looks like. I just need to know it's you. So Holy Ghost, I just ask you to come right now. You know, I get up in the morning, Holy Ghost, fill me. I say that to him. Fill me up today because I think maybe I just got some leakage last night. When I get in bed, Holy Ghost, fill me up before I go to sleep because I think I leaked some today. And I think I need you while I'm sleeping. And the, you know, the Lord just loves that. I, you know, people have different theology about that, but I'm thinking it doesn't matter to me. You know, I just want this person. I want my life to be full of this person. So whatever that looks like, how that works, I don't care in that realm. I just want that person. The Word, the Word of the Lord, the Word is a person. He's King Jesus. I want you to say that, King Jesus. You're my King. I'm you. I'm yours. King Jesus, come to me. And you might say, I already got King Jesus. But King Jesus, come to me then. If they don't want you, I'll take you. If your theology is too big for him, I will take him. Get your theology out of the way for once. Just get it out of the way. Get what you believe out of the way and just say, King Jesus, I need you. I can't figure out all that other stuff. I just know I need you. That's all I know. I need you. And I can't make it in this world without you, King Jesus. I can't make it. I can't, my theology is not going to get me there. My psychology is not going to get me there. My, my really cleverness will not get me there. I need you, King Jesus. Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Let's start declaring it. You got a problem this morning? What's your problem? What's your issue? Declare, Jesus is King. Tell it to that problem. Jesus is King. You got sickness. Jesus is king. If you're a failure, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Because it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you fail. Jesus was king then. He's king now. He's still the king. And he wants to pull you up into himself. That's what he wants to do. He wants to pull you up out of your grave. He wants to pull your heart into life. King Jesus, we love you. We love you, King Jesus. Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Woo, so the Lord did all that beautiful stuff in me. All, you know, had so many great visions. Powerful words. The Lord is going to be talking to me. Just so much of beautiful revelation. I mean, man, there's no way. There's, I've read the Bible and saw stuff that there's no way I could see without Him. I mean, I could just see things in this. I could see words in there. I could see thoughts coming out of the other, out of the Word. There's no way I could have done that. But it all boiled down to this one thing. This one thing. Jesus is King. That's what the end of it is. That's the answer. All that, the whole 
deal. Everything. I want to just tell you. I'm just giving you the final answer. The final answer. Jesus is king. That's the final answer to us. That's the final answer to your past, your present, and your future. Jesus is king. And he wants to make that real to you. He wants to be that king in your life. He wants you to agree to that. And it's not that bad stuff is going to happen. Good stuff is going to happen because Jesus is king. And when the bad happens, Jesus is the king. He didn't stop one day when everything fell apart. He didn't stop. I buried my brother-in-law this week. He was, I knew him in high school. I knew him before I was a Christian. I didn't want, him, want my sister Mary when I heard him. My God. He was bad. I hung out with him. He got saved. Thank you, Lord. But I watched him. Close his casket. I watched the shadow go over him. And I thought, that man should not be dead. That was not, should not be dead. Do you know what I heard? When I thought that, Jesus is king. The shadow may have closed on him. Jesus is king. You may have lost somebody in your life that was dear to you. Jesus is king. Lost your dream, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. You may not be able to explain all that. Jesus is king. And when you start getting that, it's gonna liberate you. It's what it did for me. It liberated me. It set me free from things. It healed me. I don't understand it. It just did. I that would be like, okay, here's how you do this. Jesus is king. I got these turtle blocks. Jesus is king. I lost my, my brother in law. Jesus is king. I said it to my sister, Jesus came. She said, I know. Jesus came. Yeah. Who wants the tipping point? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Lord, get the tipping point. These people raise their hand. It could be any kind of tipping point. It might not be spiritual. It might be natural. You might need a natural tipping point. You might need just a job. You might need a tipping point in your money. You might need a tipping point in your relationships. But to God, Jesus is king. He's over all of it. I want God to give you a tipping point. Whatever need you have today, Lord, this is the end of 218. We're asking you for tipping points. Things would shift. Things would shift. Things would change for people for the better. That people would come out of the old into the new. Their finances would be healed, Lord. Their families would be healed, Lord. Their broken relationships would be healed, Lord. They would get deliverance, Lord. Their bodies would get healed. Healing would come. Things would change. Lord, we're asking you for that today in Jesus' name. Jesus is king. Say it again. Jesus is king. That's how we're ending this. That's how we're ending it. We're ending 218. Jesus is king. We're going to 219. Jesus is king. We, we will, as we die in our natural, in our dying breath, may it be Jesus is king. As our last words on this earth, may it be Jesus is king. May we have lived our life from this point on. 
Jesus is King. May it be real to you and I. May it be real in this church that this church, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Let it be so, Lord. Let's finish it.